buckle up. I'm preaching 10 or 15 minutes in five. The nine plagues happened in Exodus. We, we read the psalm that keeps referring us back to Exodus. We've been preaching through Exodus. And uh, the, the blood came, the frogs, the lice, the hail. There was a pause between every one of those where God sent Moses to talk to Pharaoh and to say, let my people go. And Pharaoh would say, no. And after the ninth, there was kind of a longer pause, it would seem like, because God at that point instructed the Israelites through Moses about the Passover, the pause before the tenth when he would allow the plague of death, the angel of death, the destroyer, depending which translation you're reading from, to touch all the firstborn males of a household and possessions. God gave instructions for this Passover and he was giving it to the Israelites so that that angel of death would pass over them, that they would be saved. The blood of that lamb put on the doorposts would signify that they were under and in the family of God and they were to be passed over. Exodus 12 verse 21 says this, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of this house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for your son and your son for you and your sons forever it will come to pass when you come to the land which the lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep his service and it shall be when your children say to you what do you mean by this service that you shall say it is the passover sacrifice of the lord who passed over the houses of the children of israel in egypt when he struck the egyptians and delivered our households so the people bowed their heads and worshiped the Jewish nation still celebrates that Passover meal today. It happens at a time that we know more like as Easter. The Passover is a remembrance now. It's a memorial of what Jesus did in Egypt. The Last Supper, communion, which we're about to celebrate in a moment, happened at a Passover cedar meal where it became very evident that Jesus held to the words of John the Baptist when John the Baptist wrote, said, and we read in, first, in John 1, 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I, for he existed long before me. I, do not recognize him, I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing him with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. In that Passover time, the, the lamb died, the blood was used, and the meat was prepared along with food for them to exit Exodus in short order. And from that point on, they were to carry it on to remember what God had done. And then Jesus took, it was turned out that that was uh, a type, a symbol, uh, projecting into the future what would really happen with Jesus, but he would be the final and perfect sacrifice that his blood being shed was meant so that the, sin, that the power of sin and death would pass over us, that we would be forgiven and taken from death to life, not just in our bodies, but in our soul and spirit, that we would be able to live with God forever in heaven someday. I said, God 
saved us through the work of Jesus Christ, his son, by his son, the lamb of God, becoming the sacrificial lamb so that when his blood was shed, we would be forgiven if we put our faith and trust in him and that that is something to be thankful about. And that is what we're celebrating today, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This Thanksgiving, there's so much to be thankful for, but I want you to hold on to the fact that we are giving thanks for the Lamb of God, the Son of God, Jesus himself, the Savior of the world. And today as we give thanksgiving, the three R's, number one is remember. Remember that Jesus died for you and the people beside you and the people in your workplace and the school and your enemy neighbor or your enemy political opponent or whatever you find an enemy is, that Jesus died to take away the sins of the world. It's not just a now moment. It's a fact that it was taken place once and for all. And we need to remember of that whom we worship so that we do not take that sacrifice for granted. We need to remember, and today I'm thankful for him and what he did in saving me, not just from my sin, but saving me to keep me from other sin. That the work that he did in my life has forgiven me, cleansed me, and because of me putting my faith in him, I know I'm forgiven then, now, and whatever may come as I lean into him. I'm thankful today as I remember what Jesus has done in my past by his work. So I remember that for the past. Today I reflect and I take time and I encourage you to pause and reflect today about the most important one in your life, Jesus. Because he didn't just save me for then so that I could be in heaven someday, but he saved me by his sacrificial work to live my life today that I am called to enjoy the relationship with Jesus Christ today. And in a world where there's not a lot of hope given and there's wars breaking out and there's uh, the concern of our country and what kind of reputation it has in our world right now and all these financial questions that today I remember that because of what Jesus did then, I'm saved to be his child now. And because I'm his child now, I'm not living for that stuff. I'm living to enjoy my relationship with him. And the best thing I have to offer this world is a guy who's loving Jesus so that you have more Jesus in your life through me. I'm preaching better than your amen and I know that. So let's keep going. You got to remember about the past, reflect and pause on the now. And as you remember this Thanksgiving weekend, allow it to refresh your heart for the future. Past, present, and future. The work of Jesus Christ is all-encompassing for those who put their trust in him. And we are to be the reason for hope in this world. Not because the next government will be elected. Not because you will either make the right decision about your retirement investment and RRSP. But because you have put your trust and you are thankful today knowing that whatever happens in the future, Jesus is already there. He's already there. And so when you get there and show up, he's already got it taken care of no matter what it looks like on the outside. And so today I am thankful for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do already. I am thankful for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in a moment we're going to celebrate communion.
And my question to some of you in this room is, have you made the decision to follow the one I am just talking about? Have you come to experience the forgiveness and cleansing that comes through putting your faith and trust in Jesus and receiving the gift of the payment for your punishment that he did hundreds of years ago? Because if you haven't, you can pray it in your car, you can pray it in your workplace, you can pray it in your bedroom, you can pray it with somebody with you, you can pray it alone, but you can also pray it in church. And our desire today is if you've never made that decision or you've made that decision but you haven't done much with it and you want to carry on, that you might pray a prayer something like this. And so with every believer praying along with me, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? That today is the day of salvation for somebody in this room because for the first time you're recognizing you cannot get yourself from here to eternity on your own good graces and your own good works. You need a savior. And so you, it's not a magic prayer, it's not a special prayer, it's not particular words, it's, a, it's the emphasis of the heart, putting your belief in Jesus and wanting to follow him with the rest of your life, trusting him for your eternal life. So if these words resonate in your heart, you can say them quietly, you can whisper them, you can shout them from the rooftop to let the whole world know, but pray this with me if this is you. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I don't have hope for the future outside of myself and myself isn't cutting it I need a savior so thank you for dying for me thank you for rising again for me and today I receive your gift of salvation and ask you to forgive me cleanse my heart and soul from the sin and help me to live for you I choose to follow you for the rest of my days until I'm with you in heaven someday. In Jesus' name. Lord, for those who prayed that prayer for the first time or second time and they're just really meaning it right now, I pray that you would bless them and keep them. You would hold them, that there'd be a fresh cleansing revelation and excitement in their life as they learn to follow you. In Jesus' name. If you've made that decision, please talk to one of us you've seen today and we'd be happy to pray with you and encourage you in your journey.